0: You're listening to the Farbringin with Rabbi Levi Avtzan on 101.9 Chai fm
1: 101.9 Chai fm This is Rabbi Levi Avtzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield-Chul here on Soul to Soul, live in the studio. It's great to be here. It's, hopefully we can spend some time together this afternoon, like every Tuesday, 1 to 2 in the afternoon, and engage. Um, you can SMS us at 34519, tweet at Chai fm and just be part of the conversation. I want to dedicate to the show and maybe even talk a little bit about a very special boy, a relative of mine who unfortunately passed away last week. I have a first cousin um, and a classmate. We grew up together in Brooklyn, and our parents are siblings. We've been in the same class for pretty much most of our lives, and he had a nine-year-old son who unfortunately suffered for a year with a terrible cancer and just passed away last week. And having heard incredible stories about this boy and just being inspired by the strength of my cousin and just so many people, I want to dedicate the show to Chaim Schneer Zalman Hakoyen Ben Hanamala Alev Hashan Ben B'Tzal Hakoyen, an incredible little boy. And want to dedicate the show to strength in the face of adversity. That's really what I want to talk about today, how to face adversity. We're in the three weeks now, a time that we reflect on the collective adversity of the Jewish people throughout the millennia, the struggles we've been through, the destructions we've been through. But it's not only there to give us a feeling of sadness and maybe a a tear, but rather it's to remind us of our incredible resilience. And that's really what I want to talk today, about resilience in the face of these tremendous tragedies I want to start with an a cappella song This is one of my favorite songs, it's called Uf Gozal And it's really a uh, song about strength Go go, my little bird and fly to heaven And do what you gotta do in this world May we all be able to face whatever comes at us And please God, should only be good things With tremendous resilience, strength and courage Here on 101.9 High FM, Uf Gozal
0: you're listening to the Farbringin with
1: Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Hi-FM. 101.9 Hi-FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson here on Soul to Soul, 101.9 Hi-FM. As mentioned earlier, I, had a first, I have a first cousin who lost his nine-year-old son just last week on Thursday to, uh, uh, to terrible cancer. And... I am unfortunately just watching from the sidelines and just, you know, the heartbreak knowing that a close friend and a first cousin has to go through such a tragedy. I got on the phone yesterday and I was talking to my cousin and what blew my mind was his incredible strength, his incredible strength. I felt like I was talking to somebody who was stronger than I was and it was his child. And I managed to watch a video of him giving a eulogy at the grave and standing there poised and talking with such faith and strength. And it got me thinking over the past few days about the incredible resilience and strength that people have in the face of adversity. We often talk about it either makes you or breaks you. When it makes a person, it makes them into the most incredible, incredible human beings. And obviously, you know, heaven forbid to wish any challenges on any people. Yet as we sit during these three weeks of mourning and we think about so much that a nation has been through. And we focus a little bit on our the parts of our lives and the parts of our dreams that haven't really materialized the broken temples within our hearts and the broken temples within our, our dreams. It's so important to remember and how strong we can be and to take inspiration from people who are incredibly strong. And my cousin shared with me a story that this, his son, unfortunately, had. Um, he was very sick and he wasn't able to speak for a very long time. And he wasn't able to see, rather, for a very long time. And after four months, they managed to allow him to, he he was able to see a bit again. And they turned to him and they said, are you happy? And he wasn't able to speak, so he was able to type through a computer with his eye. And he says, I was always happy. I'm just happy now that I can see what I'm learning. And I could look inside the prayer book when I pray nine-year-old kid who literally spent every day in the hospital, children's hospital in Toronto, 12 hours a day, begging the nurses, Jewish and non-Jewish nurses around him, to just read Torah to him, read lessons, teach him stuff, just read from the books that he would prepare book after book after book and they were just standing there reading and teaching this little boy and spent the last year of his life literally becoming a saint. And a few days before this kid's passing, he's he's talking about his late grandfather, saying my grandfather's here. My grandfather's here. I see him. He's 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 here with me. And unfortunately, the, the the hardest part of of the rabbinate and being in any clergy is going to meet people who are going through tragedies and whether it's people suffering illnesses and incredible org- and get help by incredible organizations like the DL link and other organizations what's unbelievable time and time again is how much strength people have and it's, Simple to say that maybe some people have strength and we don't. But each and every one of us has an incredible, incredible strength. And often the only issue is we're not aware of that strength. We don't believe we're able to cope. We think that we're going to smash under the challenge. And therefore we spend so much of our lives being anxious of difficult times, worried that we won't be able to go through them. And inevitably, when uh, you know a difficult time comes, we discover how resilient we really are and how strong we really are. And when you think about, in these t- few weeks, when we think about the destruction of the temple and we think about all the tragedies that the Jewish people have had, and you don't have to be a genius in history or a professor in uh, in um, ancient languages and ancient hi- historinics to know that... The Jewish people have been through a bit and continue to be through unique challenges and threats. And yet, what's the unbelievable thing about us? What makes us unique is not that we were under threat all our time. Many people are under threat. And in truth, we, we, were, we might have been under threat more times, but what makes us unique is how we walked out resilient out of every challenge. And in the challenge itself, we did not break that incredible inspiration of chazak, of being strong, of being chazak v'ematz, be strong and be brave. It's always um, impressed on me that you read the first book of Joshua you know, now in the, when we read the Torah every week, we're coming closer to the end of the, the Torah. We have a few months left, but we're nearing the end of the Jewish sojourn in the desert. And Moshe has to pass over his leadership to Joshua. And what's incredible is he uses the words, and then God uses the words many times. And the Jewish people use the words over and over to Joshua. And those are the words, be strong and be brave. I believe it's three or four times just in the first chapter of Joshua. Chazak ve'ematz, be strong and be brave. Because that's, what, that's those two words are incredible words, but I believe they're the very fabric of what we stand for. So as we think about tragedy and we think about the destruction of the temple, we also have to think about our reaction to it and how we've dealt through it and how after each destruction— we bounced back with incredible, incredible resilience and often created more beautiful things than were in the past. I mean, think about the Mishnah and the Talmud and all of the oral law, all the transcribed oral law. Most of the body of Judaism, as we know it, is all post-biblical era, post-temple era. Obviously, they had their traditions, but Judaism has expanded and so much of its culture has been developed in the difficult times in exile, in struggle. So obviously we bless on ourselves and we bless on each other only good times. But when or in those moments that are difficult and each one of us goes through moments that are difficult and obviously it doesn't have to be something hugely difficult. It could be a a bit of a financial struggle. It could be a bit of a marital struggle, a a, a struggle with one of our children, etc. Life's struggles. We can either be terrified of them and think that there's no way we could get through them, or we can look inside, look in the mirror, and remember how much resilience we truly have. Uncover that resilience, and live with tremendous strength, believing that Eina Kadesh Baruch Hu by and HaShem does not give us a challenge, does not give us something we cannot overcome. And if it's in front of us, obviously we ask God to remove it, but as long as it's in front of us, we believe and we know that we can overcome this. And we will overcome whatever life has for us. That's a basic, basic lesson that we can learn in the three weeks as we think about our collective history. This is 101.9 Chai FM. It's 20 past, and over here we again play a beautiful a cappella song. This song is Yehi Shalom, Let There Be Peace, and Ani Mamein, I Believe. Two, of, two very beautiful themes that we're talking about, the belief that things will get better and the faith that all the tragedies will eventually end with the coming of Mashiach. Please, God, in our time.
0: You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson
1: on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM, Rabbi Levi Avtson, Associate Rabbi Linksfield, Chol here on Soul to Soul. I want to play you something. Um, I hope it works. It's off my phone, and it's a very powerful... Eulogy. I'm sorry. Um, it's deeply, deeply inspirational. It's words that my cousin said just recently, at a few days ago at the funeral of his son. Um, it's it's a few short minutes, but I feel that anything I'll try to say about strength and resilience and inspiration will be absolutely um, worthless rather let me just share this.
0: In Chabad, we do not give a hasped, we do not give a eulogy, but we, the living, should take heart something from our Zalman. On the way here, we stopped for a few moments at Zalman school, Cheder Chabad, and his sweet classmates came out and said to Hillam as we went by, Zalman lived for Tyra. Tyra mitzvah was everything he believed in. We always knew that he was extremely smart, fun, fun boy, but he had shown us and so many over the last year how nothing can stop us from learning Tyra or doing mitzvahs. No matter what, he had to learn prayer every single day. We learned literally six o'clock in the morning. He'd wake up to Davin and learn for 12 to 14 hours straight. We had, um, tutors coming in to teach him. Most of the time we, were, I would just learn with him the entire time. His mind was fully with it. Just this week, he learned 12 blocks of, said Damari, Chavez. Tomorrow. of course it's going to take a hard lesson. The Aravin. he started to learn Aravin and he he would I would ask him questions he wanted to learn it just Lashem Shunayim Kishnayas even to the last moment when we were in the hospital he'd fall asleep, we're, we're, we're in the middle of learning he'd wake up, first thing is he motion with his eyes, what do you want Zalman? continue learning he would just learn and learn And every moment was precious by him. There was no such a thing as, okay, we'll just do it in a few minutes. Because what do you mean? It was every moment is precious and he knew it. Just a couple days ago, he said, he couldn't communicate, he couldn't speak for quite a few months, but he communicated everything by his eyes and go through the ABC he said, Zadie Itkin, his namesake, Taim Shneir Zalman, is with me. Zadie Itkin is watching over me, and he was very stable. He was before we did something we didn't in the hospital, and he just said, "Zadie Itkin is with me," and it was obviously his neshama. He knew, he knew that he fulfilled his mission. But he really wanted us to know that there's nothing to ever stop us from learning, from doing mitzvahs Whether it was to learn someone holding a siddhar and he would go by, take an hour and a half, two hours to daven Learn for the chidon He was a proud general in in Sivas Hashem Every day we had to go put in admissions We had to be Nagavasa every single time Every nurse who came had to get a crash course in Judaism because Donald was not going to compromise one drop in his, in his Yiddishkeit. And he, he loved music, he composed songs, he, he, he played, but by and large it was always about learning Torah. So we could take this message that if he cons- everyone would have given him the bat, a pass and say, alright, you just, do nothing, relax, if he found a way to do his mitzvahs, to do the tarah, to continue and smile every single day, and when he started speaking in the middle, um, after not speaking for four months, he started saying a few words, and everyone said, well, oh, I must be so happy that you're speaking, and he said, I was always happy, but now I'm able to daven out loud, let's dive in, let's learn, let's continue Don's legacy in his nine short years, how much he has taught us. <laughs> and I are honored to be his parents regarding the special, such a special summer, and let's all continue to do this in memory of Zaham.
1: This is 101.9 High FM. If you just tuned in, I was... Playing an audio off my phone of a eulogy that was given by my first cousin and classmate, a young man in his 30s, at the funeral of his eldest son this past week in Toronto. And um, just talking about the incredible strength that this little boy had. As you heard from the father's own words, the kid didn't want to stop learning. Kid had cancer in the brain which unfortunately shut down many of his abilities he was confined to a wheelchair pretty much the whole year could barely see could barely talk and all he wanted to do for 14 16 hours a day is learn Davin and also just hearing my cousin I've watched this video quite a few times in the past few days Just taking such inspiration from that strength I don't know if you could hear it through the screen hear it through the audio, if it was clear enough, but such incredible strength. We are very strong people. And when we look at people like this and we see their tremendous strength, we have to also remember that inside each and every one of us there's tremendous strength. This week's parasha, Matos, Matos can translate as a stick, as a staff, as stability, strength. Can we look inside ourselves and know that we can overcome? I remember watching a talk a while back on TED in which they spoke about how it's not stress that kills us, but it's stress about stress. In other words, when we're stressing the whole time, so afraid of the stress that's going to come, that's what actually destroys us. Most of our day is anxiety about anxiety. We're not actually anxious about anything specific, but we're anxious that something will happen which will cause us anxiety, and that's the worst thing. And it comes from a disbelief in ourselves that says, you know what? Hopefully it will be good, but if it's going to be a bit challenging, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know, the first time your kid falls off the bike, they panic and they sit there thinking that the world has ended. And slowly but surely they realize that, okay, you can fall off the bike and nothing's going to happen. You can take a few steps and fall down and it's going to be a little sore and you'll be fine. For those of us scared of heights, you just have to do a few times a challenge in front of heights and suddenly just realize like, okay, you know, you can you can do this. We underestimate our strength. But if we just look around us and see people, people who maybe the world will never hear their name. I stood at a funeral a few weeks ago here in Johannesburg of an individual who lost two children in their lifetime and was, went through tremendous pain and suffering. And this person, as I stood there at the funeral, all I could think about was his incredible resilience, incredible strength, incredible faith. And unfortunately, just, you know, in this line of work, meeting people with such challenging, challenging, challenging stories and yet seeing such incredible strength. A woman who lost two husbands and a child and yet such inspiration, such majesty, such royalty. Chazak Vematz were strong. And this strength we get from our ancestors, we get it, it's in our blood. Avram threw us ten challenges, and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Sarah, Rivka, Racholei are patriarchs and matriarchs, and it's a very foundation. You look through Torah and you look through the five books of Moses, and you see the tremendous challenges, Egypt, etc., etc, the, the Israel. We've been through so much and yet we overcome. And those simple words, you, you will overcome. I will overcome this. Can really make the difference between us caving in when things get challenging. And standing strong when things get challenging. Great. You, you agree? To be able to face life head on. To be able to believe that Hashem is with us no matter what. And that Ain Ra, Yerid Momailah, nothing bad comes from heaven and everything in the world does come from heaven. And even if it seems difficult... In the right time, in the right way, we'll understand that it wasn't. But even when it feels difficult to remember that we will walk through it. We will walk through it. Think about in our own lives, how many times we thought that it was just too much to bear. Whether it was shame or hurt or an act of violence that we had to experience. Bullying. Failure, losing a job, each and every one of us in our lives have those stories. That's the human that's the human condition. It's the human it's the it's the game, it's the it's the world that Hashem puts us in and expecting us and knowing that we can overcome. And just think about how every single time you did come out through it. We did. Just try to imagine Somebody who would take look at Jewish history and try to imagine what a Jew must have felt when the first temple was destroyed. This was almost a thousand years after the Jewish people moved into Israel with Joshua. For hundreds of years, from almost a millennia, all they knew was living in Israel. And suddenly they're thrown out to, the, to foreign lands. They end up in Babylonia, Persia. Some say Africa and various different places in the world. And then the second temple gets built 70 years later. And 420 years later, there comes the second temple and is destroyed. And there, come, there are people spread out to the entire world and eventually to Europe and northern Africa and pretty much the whole globe. Who would imagine that you could bounce back and keep this nation strong and cohesive after the Crusades, after the Holocaust, after the Inquisition, after the Kazakhs and various pogroms. But we do. We're a stubborn nation and a stubborn in a good way, in a good way. We face it. We stand up to it. And if there's one lesson we can take from these three weeks is, as cliche as it sounds, yes, we can overcome. And we can stand strong in the face of any challenge. We have it within us. Here on 101.9, Chai FM.
0: You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avdzan on
1: 101.9, Chai FM. 101.9, Chai FM. We're talking about stories of resilience and inspiration of resilience. You can... Always be part of the conversation at tweeting at the handle at FM and SMS at 34519. I've mentioned it before on the show how much inspiration I take personally from my grandparents, from all sides of the family. But today I want to talk about specifically resilience. So I'll talk about one of my grandparents, my mother's father who I had the tremendous privilege of naming my eldest son after. And I knew him in his later years. I mean, by the time I knew him, he was in his 80s and early 90s. But he wrote a book, and in his book, I got to know him. I feel like I know him through his book. And he writes how he grew up in a small town in Ukraine called Krasnostav, pretty much in the middle of nowhere. His father was the rabbi of the town. And when he grew up, the Jewish community in the Ukraine was mostly religious. But in his early teenage years, communism took over, the communist revolution, and part of communist revolution was a militant atheism. And literally within a year or two, the entire community, Jewish community and non-Jewish community, had all... Forcefully or by choice, become atheists. And he was pretty much the only kid that was still walking around with a yarmulke on his head. And he writes how his former classmates, now enlightened, would pull in his sideburns on his payout to throw his yarmulke or throw stones at him. And yet he stood. He believed in something. And when he was offered to join the Communist Party and just relinquish his faith so that he could make a living, he denied it over and over and over again and spent 5 backbreaking years of his life just building bricks, earning just enough to get a loaf of bread at the end of the day. And he just writes about the tremendous darkness in his life, just seeing no hope, no end in sight, but yet not willing to give in to everybody's pressure. And eventually he has the great fortune of meeting my grandmother who also came from a religious family in Odessa in the Ukraine. They both never imagined that each other exists. They thought they were the only people fighting this battle. Literally, it was so dangerous in the 1930s to be able to proclaim your faith and live as a religious Jew That's 99% of the population dropped it. In, in the Jewish history, it's one of the greatest, the biggest, if not the biggest, um, mass assimilation that's ever happened, the, Russian, the former Soviet Union's jury. And together they build a home. And from day one, there's not a moment of peace. It could barely eke out a living. And a f- two, three years after the, their marriage, World War II breaks out. And my grandfather is drafted into the Russian army together with his brother-in-law. Miraculously, my grandfather managed to get out of the army because joining the army, at the, the Russian army at the time was a death sentence. Unfortunately, his brother-in-law didn't manage to get out and his remains have never been found. His wife um, remained in Aguna. She was unable to marry due to the lack of testimony of his death for the rest of her life, many, many years. And my grandfather, after months, manages to get out of the army and he comes He's heading back to Odessa, and at that time the Nazis had take already come into Russia. It's 1941, and he has no choice but to travel east, and he ends up in Uzbekistan. And there he finds, he hears that my grandmother's in one of the towns in Uzbekistan. She had to run away before the Nazis came, and she was literally living in unbearable conditions, and it was so unbearable that. Her only son at the time had died and meanwhile she had another daughter and for me I've always I've mentioned it many times to my, to people I've spoken to how just that image of my grandfather walking into this house well a house I mean it was worse than a shack it was absolutely pitiful in some remote town in Uzbekistan walking in and finding out that he has a new daughter but that his son had passed away from Typhus and malnutrition, unfortunately. Must have been one of the most, the craziest moments a person can ever go through. Not too long after, he gets information from somebody, gets a letter, that his father, mother, only sister and only brother that he had were all shot into a pit. His father, as the rabbi of Krastostav, was the first one to be killed after he gave an, a speech of inspiration to the entire community of about 850 souls. And the entire community was buried together in a mass grave. And you try, just try to imagine what this person has been through, and he's not even 30 years old by this stage. Why fight? Why Fight doesn't have a living soul in the in, in the world, just his wife and kids. And the most incredible part of the story is, he ends up living in the former Soviet Union due to the fact that he was not allowed to leave. He couldn't get a visa up till 1966. My mother was born in Moscow, and in the 20 years after World War II. Living in a suburb of Moscow, my grandfather raised a family of 13 kids. That's besides the 14th who unfortunately died. 13 children in Moscow, every single one of them religious. My grandfather, who had the tradition of growing his beard, never touched his beard once and grew his beard fully during all the years in Russia, would wear a Band-Aid around his neck so that his beard wasn't noticed would wear, make sure to wear something on his head, a yarmulke, would always have tzitzit, never broke a Shabbat, kept all the holidays, and raised all his children, who today are all over the world, together with my incredible grandmother, to be God-fearing. And all his 13 kids eventually left Russia in between the years 1966 and 69. Many moved to Israel, eventually all over the world, I'm the only local one here in South Africa. And I just try to imagine there, this kid standing in 1933 with back-breaking labor, putting bricks together, thinking that the world is going nowhere. He's the only religious kid. At that time, Stalin is doing a mass starvation of the Ukrainian people. Six million people died and that's forced starvation. Does he have a future? Is his faith worth it? Is his resilience worth it? But today, my grandfather, who passed away just a few short years ago, has close to six, seven hundred living descendants, transforming the world in ways that's most of the people who were with him at the time, if they have a few people still alive from their family, can you compare it to this incredible transformation, incredible impact one couple has made just by sticking to true to something they believe in? We're a resilient people. The only thing we have to remember is that we're resilient and to not cave in when the going gets tough, to believe that in the end, light always overcomes darkness. This is 101.9 High FM here on Salt to Salt.
0: You're listening to the Farbrengan with Rabbi Levi Avzan
1: on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Rabbi Levi Avtzan, and we're unfortunately wrapping up the show. I want to choose a song now for after I leave. Can we do Shifchi down there? Yeah. Um, we're strong. And this week, we're finishing the fourth book of the Torah, Bamidbar, in the desert, the book of Numbers. And we're going to say those three words at the end of the Torah reading. (laughs) Chazak, chazak, venit chazeg. Be strong, be strong, and let us become strengthened together. And that's my blessing to all of us. Some people are going through good times, some people are going through difficult times. It's always hit me that at any moment in time, if you just choose any random moment in time, 1.51 p.m., 1.52 p.m., there is somebody in the world who this moment is their best moment and there's someone in the world whose moment is the worst moment of their life. There's a person who has their first child and there's a person who unfortunately has to witness death person who's healed from a sickness and discovers a sickness. I mean, just to try to think about 7 billion people and each and every one of them in this second as we speak is having a very unbelievable experience. Not all, but many people might have the most pivotal experience of their life happening now. And as we go through our challenges and as we go through life, whatever we're facing, to take inspiration, chazak, chazak, venit chazak. First of all, that we can become strong and that we become stronger when we're together. And that we will overcome. How does that song go? The entire world is a very narrow bridge. And the most important thing is to not be afraid at all. It's fear that hurts us more than anything. Fear of will I be able to overcome this? I mean, if there's one inspiration you could take from this Thailand story, and I really hope it finishes well, but already nine boys are out. What are the odds? 13 kids locked in a cave four kilometers in. And the whole world comes together to save 13 kids. If that's not inspirational, what is? Think about it, no, Craig? The entire world coming together just to save 13 kids locked in a cave. And miraculously, nine out of 13 are already out. It's unbelievable. Just to remember that, yes, even when it seems like an insurmountable challenge... Let's try to imagine if this kind of story would happen 100 years ago, before all the technology that's allowing the divers to be able to make it there, etc. What would be the chances of these kids? And yet in the world we live in, 13 kids can get locked in a cave and be there for 11, 12 days and then suddenly just be taken out by an international collective effort. There are beautiful moments of light and beautiful moments of brightness and reminders that even the most insurmountable challenges are not insurmountable. They are surmountable, And every single rock in front of us can be climbed. And every mountain peak can be reached. I'm talking to myself more than anybody else. Each one of us, whatever we face, we have to remember this message. So my wishing is chazak, chazak, v'nit chazek as we enter in just three days the new month of Av which we call Menachem of comforting the Father comforts us we comfort the Father may it be a time of comfort may we not have to face the difficult day of Tisha B'Av this year but rather may it turn into a day of happiness and may we witness true goodness in the most revealed fashion with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days thank you Craig thank you FM. Thank you for all those who listen. Thank you for the private messages. Have a great day, a great week, and God bless us all.
0: Choose high. Choose high. High FM.